episodes ad-free, listener shout-outs, and more. Help support the show through our official Patreon at patreon.com slash bleedersdigest. That's D-I-E-G-E-S-T. The following contains mature subject matter, coarse language, intense situations, and is meant for an adult audience. Listener discretion is advised. All this month, we invite you in to the Bleeder's Digest Vault, a curated collection of some of our favorite stories. Hey, Bleeder's Digest listener, Trev here. My choice for a throwback episode is the very first one I wrote and produced. It's called The Feed. It guest stars a very good friend, the exceptionally talented Spencer Charnis lead singer and curator of the band Ice Nine Kills. If you aren't familiar with them, they are a cinematic metalcore horror experience. At time of release, their current album, The Silver Scream 2, and their previous Silver Scream are collections of songs with every one pertaining to a different horror film or iconic character in the genre. So when we started Bleeder's Digest, we knew he was someone we had to collaborate with as he's such a massive horror fan like us. And I tell you, it was a blast to play in this sandbox with him, as I clearly have zero idea what I'm doing, as you're about to hear. This is really hard for me to do as my first one. So please be kind and rewind. See what I did there? Uh, So I left it to the experts, like Spencer Charnas, who I hope we can do more with in the future. And now I will shut up so you can revisit The Feed. This story is called The Feed by Trevor Shand. My phone is sliding around on the seat of the car between my legs. I remove my hand from the wheel and look down long enough to potentially murder a family and wipe out four lanes of traffic on this freeway, or to wake the screen to check the navigation. Whichever comes first. 7.12 p.m. I look back up. The taste of black licorice numbs my mouth. My latest thing is chewing blackjack gum. You can't even find this stuff anymore. Originally made in 1884 and now comes out of the factory in a single batch every few years. You have to order it from special old-timey candy stores online where I got this pack I'm dutifully gnawing through now. My gateway to it was through the Christian Slater movie Pump Up the Volume. Remember that one? His gum of choice. He played Happy Harry Hardon, a high schooler who broadcasted a pirate radio station out of his bedroom. Now... Millions of people all over the world do the same thing every day. My best friend always likes to say, every asshole has a podcast. Well, this asshole is on his way to appear on one right now, and I've got less than 15 minutes to get there. I wrote a book on the 100 best kills in horror. I met my soon-to-be host, Colin Dove, on a horror podcast Reddit board about a month ago while looking for some local opportunities to spread the word. I've been a massive fan of scary movies since I first accidentally saw a few seconds of the raft segment of Creepshow 2 when I was four. A mysterious tar consuming a small group of teenagers. Kind of reminds me of this gum I'm sick of chomping on. Anyway, ever since then, I was hooked. 
Weekends were spent trolling through the libraries of the local video stores to feed my appetite for the sick and twisted. Unlike anything else I'd ever seen, these movies always stayed with me. Like I'd take a piece of the darkness along. I wouldn't be able to shake it for days after. It'd linger. Just like everything I'll be eating for the next week is going to taste like fucking black licorice. I digress. Oh boy. I just pulled up to the destination. Whew, this place is in an area of town where you just start to see tinfoil up in the windows and maybe the flag of a random metal band where curtains should be. It wasn't where you were told not to go at night or anything, but a little rough around the edges. This particular house is a small bungalow. I'm assuming it was originally painted white, but had now taken on a disgusting nicotine tinge stained by years of neglect and the sun beating down on it. You know the kind. The wood around all the windows was rotted and black, the molding chipping away. There was a gaping hole in the center of the door that would normally hold a mail slot. The dark impression of the brass clung to the paint like a forgotten nightmare receptacle for reams of overdue bills, liens, and foreclosure notices. All that was left was two gnawed and jagged screw holes and dirt framing it in a rectangle. The yard was consumed with overgrown weeds. The grass dried to straw where there was any even left. It was currently a cemetery for a rusted-out lawnmower, a faded blue plastic wading pool full of muddy water, and one of those ugly-ass boxing training dummies its foam has disintegrated on one side, leaving it looking like spoiled nerf. Awesome. Just awesome. Hey, listen, I'd seen enough horror movies to know that this is probably a bad idea. My intuition would have seen me right back on that freeway for the hour drive to my apartment if the Gory Story podcast wasn't rated in the top 50 on the charts. This book could be the start of something new for me. A ticket away from my data entry job at my friend's dad's accounting firm. This podcast appearance felt like a necessary evil. I went to reach for the doorbell. Oh yeah, just a mess of wires sticking out of a cracked plastic switch. Hey, Colin! I yelled to the hole in the door. Oh, hey, man. That's Sean? The voice got closer as he approached the door. I stuffed my head as far as possible through the hole. Here's Shawnee! In my shittiest, Jack Nicholson impression is all that I could come up with. Probably didn't even realize that was Jack Nicholson. Colin didn't look too impressed. He didn't even crack a smile. Colin seemed unnerving. And in fact, vacant. His button-down shirt marked ever so delicately with marinara sauce down the front, tucked into a pair of torn brown suit pants. His hair was thin and greasy. The shots of gray made me guess he was in his late 40s. He wiped some spaghetti from his mouth onto his sleeve. Hundred best horror kills, he said as he pointed at me. The words baked in sedation. Almost not even formed completely. Colin seemed... Well... Colin seemed off. Come on in, friend. As he lazily shuffled across the floor, I stepped inside and closed the door behind me as it loosely clung back into place. So how was the drive? He continued. Ah, you know, not too bad. At this point, I am struck by the oddness of some of the things I am seeing in my buddy Colin's palace. There was stuff everywhere. The kitchen area takes up most of the room, fading to a small living room on the left with no television. What the fuck? To my right, a small hallway with two doors across from each other and one at the far end of the house. There's a table in the center of the kitchen dressed in a collage of fast food wrappers and no less than three empty pizza boxes. There's a framed photo propped up against the wall on the counter underneath one of the kitchen cabinets. 
I did my homework on the Gory Story podcast, man. Looks like quite the successful operation. I said to Colin as he walked down the hallway, opening one of those doors that led to a bathroom. I could hear the sink turn on. My curiosity pulls me towards the photo on the counter, though. There's something about it. Something that feels familiar. Magnetic. Holy shit, is that me and Dan? More of the Bleeder's Digest Vault. The feed after this. There's something about it. Something that feels familiar. Magnetic. Holy shit, is that me and Dan? I'm in front of it now. Familiar because it's a fucking photo I posted on Instagram two years ago, my friend Dan and I, outside of one of those haunted attraction events from Halloween. The picture was blurry, distorted from not being happy stretched to this size, generated from a printer, obviously out of ink, onto a folded piece of paper that was sloppily immortalized in this gold-gilded 8x12 frame. Oh, this is fucked. I turned around quickly, bumping into Colin, who was now standing right the fuck behind me. Recognize that? He said proudly, like a kid who just got their participation trophy in soccer, although they put foot to ball maybe once all season. I was speechless. And more than just a little creeped out, I felt my face become beet red, an unsettling mix of embarrassment and fear. I swallowed the blackjack gum. I'm so excited about your forthcoming book in our episode today and wanted you to feel at home. He lit up as much as he could, like as much as someone on a fresh dose of barbiturates might be able to. I apologize. I've always been told I'm a bit of a eccentric and quite, well, awkward around people, to be honest. That's certainly true. He sighed. It's part of what drew me to podcasting. It's so empowering with the shield of that microphone. Did I sense remorse in his words? It was hard to tell. He was slung over and defeated. I started to feel bad for the guy. As bizarre as this all seemed to be, maybe he was just an awkward, lonely guy. Kind of like Christian Slater's alter ego in that Pump Up the Volume movie. After all, Happy Harry Hardon was painfully quiet and shy high school student Mark Hunter when he wasn't busy jamming early 90s goth music and encouraging teens to talk hard. This dude's show was currently resting at 24 on the film and TV charts. I'm sure he knew what he was doing, right? Right? Let's go down to the studio and get this party started. Colin exclaimed as he led me down the hall. My trepidation half subsided as I cautiously followed him down the hallway. My breath taken away by the sudden gust of cat piss or ammonia or what the fuck is that? The tattered white door at the end of the hall opens to a staircase. After you. Motions Colin as I descend down the stairs into a musty stone basement. He follows behind. The crunch of my boots on dirt echo into the small room. There was a light in the middle. Just a bulb on a chain, over top of a clean table, and two chairs. There was no recording equipment, no cables, and no microphones. My heart sinks into my stomach. My entire body heats up. Colin must notice as he quickly says, Oh, the gear's upstairs, a portable recorder. I find it incredible that you don't need a bunch of expensive equipment to touch so many people. Make yourself at home and I'll go grab it. Want a soda or anything? His voice fades as he goes up to the main floor. Uh, Sure, whatever you got. 
I say with an ounce of shakiness. I think that's adrenaline. I hear a click as he locks the door behind him. Shit. I take my phone out. A text from Dan. Call immediately. Dan, I'm at Colin's house, and this shit is really bizarre, dude. Lock me in his basement. What the? Are you messing with me? Do I sound like I'm making this shit up? By the way, about that, I totally fucked up. What are you talking about? I looked up the wrong show. You said it was reputable. Do you know how many podcasts are called Gory Story? The one on the charts, it isn't even in this state. Dan, I don't have time for this. That's your job. It's called reconnaissance. This dude is unhinged. I'm locked in this guy's basement right now. Oh, shit. Just take a deep breath and... Fuck, he's coming back. I can hear the fumbling of the door lock and Colin comes back down holding a small black plastic case. Why'd you lock the door, man? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to freak you out. It's the cat. The door doesn't stay latched, and if she ever gets down here, she runs under the foundation, and I can never get her out. Last time she did that, I didn't see her again for a year. I gotta close that deadbolt every time. You know what? I'm beginning to not feel well. I think we should postpone for another night if that works with you. I really gotta take off. No. Don't waste my fucking time. I haven't even gotten a chance to show you what's in this case. Fuck! What's in that case? A gun? Knives? I'm not looking for a fight. Not this time. I knock Colin over as I lunge up the stairs to my escape. His plastic case smashing against the ground. It breaks open. A digital recorder and two microphones spill out, smashing on the cold floor. A pair of AA batteries roll to rest in the crevice of the wall. Oh. The warm, familiar rush of adrenaline returns. You were telling the truth, I say coldly. Colin is now sobbing on the floor. This is my cue. The moment where the band has been introduced and they are about to go on stage. The moment right before the roller coaster drops. At this point, I know that moment well and I seize it. I reach under my jacket behind me and grab the twin blades I loaded into my double shoulder sheath before I left the house. I take them out so fast that the leather pinches my skin on the left side. It hurts, but I keep going. Before Colin can put his arms up to guard his face, I plunge the right blade deep into his eye socket. He screams so loud, my ears go muffled and start to ring. He is writhing on the floor for a few seconds and passes out. Fucking podcasters! I swing my left arm down and back across his throat as I pierce a vein with hunting knife number two and am sprayed with what seems like an ocean of blood. I stuck one of the knives so far into Colin's eyeball that I have to brace myself by stepping on his chest to pull it out. What's left of his eye comes with it. I wipe it off onto the stair rail as it hits the floor. I have a confession to make. And this is only between you and me, alright? I'm no author. I don't think I've ever read one fucking book. I do consider myself an artist, though. And somewhat of a talented actor. If I do say so myself. This week, it's the best horror kills. A few weeks ago, I was a fitness guru. Last month, the fledgling stand-up comic. The Gory Story Podcast? Ha! That's just another one of my episodes. I like this one, though kept me on my toes. As far as I see it, Colin was just as he said. A shy, awkward guy looking to take advantage of building a new life over the digital airwaves. My partner in this, Dan, not his real name by the way, usually does a better job of researching my uh, appearances. We'll call him my publicist. 
Let's just say he's been a little overworked lately. It's with total luck that Colin fit the bill. Hosts by themselves, and the key factor out of their home, out of their goddamn home, for what feels like a lifetime ago. Dan and I went from being a marginally successful morning show team on an actual radio station, none of this SoundCloud TikToking bullshit, years of working our way up and paying our dues. Gone in an instant due to restructuring because of untalented, entitled fucks like one eye over there. We lost it all. Tossed aside like a blockbuster video store. Our minds went with it a bit, I think. This right here, this is redemption. As of the latest data, there are over 2 million active podcasts going on right now. The thing about that is, no one ever notices when a couple dozen mysteriously go off the air. Maybe you'll end up booking me on yours one day. Isn't that right, Jenny from True Crime Tales? <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks for letting me use your studio. I love it. Be sure to review and subscribe. We're killing in the ratings. <laughs> the Feed, written by Trevor Shand. Featuring Trevor Shand as Sean, Spencer Charnas as Colin Dove, Spider One as Dan, and Chrissy Fox as Jenny. Sound design by Trevor Shand. Bleeder's Digest is created and curated by Spider One, Chrissy Fox, Trevor Shand, and Lauren Shand. Theme music by Trevor Shand, Tyler Connolly, and Chrissy Fox. Subscribe on your favorite podcast provider to never miss an episode. Bleeder's Digest is a presentation of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network.